Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow while the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And guess what? It's totally free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Isn't that awesome? It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Journey to Your Higher Self. I am your host, Crystal Melville, and today I am so happy to begin the love series. Um, It has been long overdue, and um, considering what's happening in our world today, I just feel that we need to talk about love. We need to understand what it is as it pertains to each of our roles, who we are, where we came from, how we should respond to it individually and collectively, and really understand the true meaning of love. And this love series will encompass different roles, um, different um, peoples that express love in different ways. And today we will begin the series um, on the topic, A Father's Love. So, first of all, the name Father, the name Father really speaks of a person, but it's also connected to a function, a role. It's a character. It's the characteristics. You know, it's everything in one. It's the essence of a human being. It is the presence of someone. It is physical. It's emotional. It's practical. It's spiritual. So the role of father, it's also very powerful. And it has so many moving parts to it. And the reason why I chose to begin with this particular topic in our love series is it's also primordial, meaning it originates first. You know, it has, it is first and foremost. And in our society today, this rule, I feel, is not revered enough. It's not even revered by the people who are supposed to possess these characteristics and the function, and also by 
another powerful role, which is that of mother. And I feel that um, collectively there's not enough respect for one for each role. There's no reverence. There's no discipline taught. You know, and that just in itself destroys the legacy of what or who a father is. So that is why today I wanted to come um, to you with this broadcast to really explain who a father is, what a father does, um, what is that relationship like, what is expected of a father. So first, I would like to begin with who or what is a father. Now, the dictionary um, gives the meaning of a father as a man in direct relation or blood relation to a child. And it also goes on to give the synonym, which is also a dad, but the meaning is different in that it gives the act, which is a dad provides food, shelter, and clothing for his child. And oftentimes in many um, discussions, a father and a dad, they're actually um, described as two different people. But in reality, we have to keep everything in context. And a father is a man that is in direct blood relation to their child, and they are required and supposed to provide for their children. So let's not separate the two. I think when we separate the two, it really doesn't give enough respect to the role. I think a lot of times in society, because of sin, because of evil in the world, because of the things that we do, we end up just giving things names or separating and causing division because we don't treat our roles right. We don't respect our roles. So therefore, we have to give them a name and we have to divide and conquer in order to compensate for what we're not doing, rather. So the only how I know how to describe who and what a father is is according to my own worldview and also my faith and that is the creationist worldview which tells us that the heavens and the earth were created by God himself and you know he has so many names in different cultures but that's the thing originally he never had a name in the Hebrew Bible. He told uh, Moses, his um, servant, I am. His name is I am that I am. So we're just supposed to have that as an example as to how we are to approach him. And he also um, wanted us to know through his servant Moses that. He was the God before Abraham. He is the God of the of their fathers. So when you when you we try to answer the question who and what is a father, we first have to go to God because He is our creator. He is recorded in the book of Genesis that first first of all in the book of Genesis we have the complete 
lineage of God's people. Everything is right there. And, of course, the word begins with, in the beginning. This is what happened, you know. Um, God created the heavens and the earth. And chronologically, we see exactly what happened on each day and, and thereafter. So, our Father is a creator. He created a place for us to live and um, inhabit he provided the vegetation, the food. So there you see his role as a provider, as a heavenly father, a creator, and as a dad, he provides for us. Now, many would ask, well, how can he be our father when he's not really, we're not related to him by blood? He, cause, because God is a spirit. And, you know, that's where we have to really raise our mindset. And that is what this ministry is all about, Journey to Your Higher Self, is as we grow and grow in in Christ, in through His Son, to the Father, He will reveal to us His personage. He will reveal to us what His wisdom, to understand the true essence of His character. And by doing that, we will understand who we really are. So God is a spirit. So we're saying, um, we're asking, well, how can he be in direct relation to us? Well, the Bible says that he created man in his image and his likeness. So that means we are spiritual beings. So even before we knew, we know ourselves now in the physical realm, we existed in the spiritual realm and we were given bodies, physical bodies. You know, he dressed us. And we were perfect because everything that he created, he said, was good. But even before human beings were created, um, on the sixth day, God created the stars, the moon, the sun, the heavens, and everything in it, and the earth, the land, the seas, the animals, the vegetation. So we can, so um, that's where we get our food. He created all of that before man. So that just says how he how he thought of us as a father so a father really thinks about how he is to um, provide for his children he loves them even before he has them so even before God created man he thought of us way before you know he planned everything sequentially and um, and he prioritized and there's so many lessons in creation and each time he created something, he said it was good. He didn't speak ill of it. He didn't basically take back. He didn't renege on his words. He didn't say something negative about something positive. And, you know, we do that so much. And that just says how tainted we are and how much we need to be in his word and how much we need to have a better understanding of it. Because you know, if we each time we speak these negative things and hateful things, it just says how far away from God we are, right? I'm sure many of you would agree. So by doing that, you know, by doing that, we just lose a sense of purpose by not understanding, by not taking the time to read God's word and understand who we are, where we came from what his intentions are for us as our father. We lose a sense of who he is. He is our father, our creator. 
And we were created in his image and likeness. We are spiritual beings that were given a body. And the first body, the likeness he created, he called him Adam. He called him man. And from Adam's rib, his likeness, he created a woman. And he told them to go ahead and be fruitful and multiply. So he wanted them to, he gave them the earth to subdue it, to take charge over it, to take care of it. He gave them a role. He role of a caregiver. And he he wanted them to um, take care of the earth that he created. And then once they got a hang of that, he wanted them to reproduce after their own kind. Because you know, before that happened, Adam saw the animals were reproducing after their own kind. And God saw that, you know, Adam needed a mate. So he allowed Adam to do it. And he gave him the power to do so. And they went ahead. They did it of their own free will. And he, they went ahead. They obeyed God. And that's when they started having children. And all that lineage come down to us today. Even though we all may look different, we live in different parts of the world, we come from the same man and woman. And of course, many of you um, Christians who understand the Bible and read the Bible, and some of you non-Christians who read the Bible, you also know of of the flood, um, and that Noah and his family were the only ones that obeyed God. And they built the ark, and they were saved because they went up, went on the ark, you know. And um, from Noah's sons and um, daughter-in-laws, they started procreating, and then that's how, you know, again, the earth was populated. But it began with our Father's love to create a world um, that He saw was good. And it had everything in it that we needed. And it it was untainted. It was untouched. It was perfect. So um, God created the heavens and the earth. And he's our heavenly father. He's the only true God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, In the Hebrews um, language, they called him Yahweh. And... um, But for our purposes, we will call him the creator of heavens and the earth. He is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful. And he thought so, he thought of us so lovingly that he created us. He didn't didn't have to. He didn't have to give us all the things that were given to us. And so, right, so we just went over also how he shows his love and care. He provides. He always provides. And that's the thing. We have to know that. We have to see it. We have to appreciate it. We have to expect it. We should expect it. We shouldn't expect anything less. But when we stop and and think less and think that God isn't real and he's not alive, then how can you expect anything good? That's almost like losing hope. So when people are hopeless and they don't really understand that all they have to do is ask, um, then that tells us a lot. It tells us that they don't believe in God, that they don't know He exists. So that is why it's our responsibility to preach the good news, to preach the gospel, and let people know that we do have a Father 
who loves us, who takes care of us, who thought highly of us to give us a physical body to match our spiritual bodies so that we can walk up and down the earth and represent him. So it's all about who we represent. Like a child is supposed to represent their father. You know, the the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs, that book is so really relevant. And I say relevant because even though it was written thousands of years ago, it goes over just about every thought a human being would have as it pertains to life and the things of it and the relationships between a, a parent and a child or a husband and a wife or just in friends, life in general. So I encourage all of you to, um, the book of Proverbs has 31 days. So I encourage you to um, set a time where you can study the Bible together and you can pick a chapter a day and it would cover a whole span of a month. I really encourage all of you to get in God's word so that we understand who he is first what he, what, and what he requires of us. And he really requires us to be righteous. And he doesn't just leave us hanging He does because he knows that we're in a sinful world and we restruggle every day with our, um, you know, with our sinful nature. But once we are truly of Christ, I do believe that we should want to know more about him. We really should. Um, We should want to know as much as possible so that we can teach it to our children and their children and their children's children. Yes. So um, what should our relationships be like with him? Well, you know, the Bible says that he who withholds the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. So God disciplines us. Um, Sometimes we think it's harsh, but it's a way of reminding us that we don't know. We don't know really what's good for us. And if he doesn't discipline us, we will be hurt it can even cause us our lives. So it's important that we stay aware of what we're doing and understand that, that some of the decisions we make, is they're really, they can be fatal and not just harm ourselves, but our family and those around us. So we should love his discipline. We should expect it and we should um, teach it to our children and pass it on and discipline them. You know, there's so much we can go into, um, so many different scenarios in the world. I'm sure right now, if you're listening, you can think of so many ways that you were disciplined and you didn't like it. Um, I'm not saying that abuse is ever okay, but just just by you not being able to do something that you love or or a gift was or a privilege was taken away or... Um, for parents, you know, people who want to have children, they may they may be trying and trying to have a child and it just is not happening. But, you know, it's all in God's timing and maybe there's some things that we're doing that's not right. Maybe you're not with the right person. Maybe you're being with a person out of rebellion. There's so many reasons, so many things that we do that we shouldn't do and, and they and we don't even seek God's permission or his blessing before we do it. We just get up of our own selves and do things. And what kind of a child is that? How would you like it if your child did that to you? So why should we do it to God? So we have to ask ourselves those questions. 
And um, also, um, so what is our role in the relationship? Well, we're to be obedient. And that's out of love. That's out of love. We're to listen to his instructions. We're to listen and learn of him. He said, learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So since he already went ahead and prepared this world for us to live in, shouldn't we go to him to know and understand how to live in it with one another and what to do? So, you know, um, and, you know, why should we tell people about him? We should tell people about him because if we love people like we say we do, well, they need to know about him just as much as we do. And will everyone listen? No. Will everyone want to know the God that sustains you and provides for you? No. And mind you, so many um, ministers and pastors and, and, and people in the world have gone out already before us and have really left a bad taste in the mouth of non-Christians or people who don't believe in God, and, and, and they really did not represent him well. So by us going out there and speaking the truth and the word of God, it, 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 it's not as easy, not that it ever was, but we still have to be. I think the greatest thing that we can do is really the way we live our lives. Because if we're speaking one thing and doing another thing, how does that represent our Father? How does that represent his love to the world? And a Father's love, should become our love. It should become our love language. How he treats us, we should pass it on to other people. And that's how they get to know about him. Not just by reading scripture or saying things, you know, or reading some codes or just saying and just talking and talking, not walking it out. So our father's love is a love it's a love of um it's it's it shows empathy, um Care, patience, kindness, goodness. It's, you know, it, it's its not puffed up. It's not prideful. You know, it doesn't insist on its own way. You know, it, it's, it's, it's always there. It never gives up. Love never gives up hope. Love never says, I'm going to divorce you. Love. Hey, kiddo, how was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. So, is this the line for Dragon's Maze? Wow, the line is really long. Mommy, we'll meet up later. How long will you wait? As long as it takes. So, you guys are only going to do this one ride all day? It won't be that long, probably. Mom, can you get us food? But wait, are they cutting? Caleb, food is so far away. Should I say something? Daddy, pick me up. Mom! Hey! There's a line here. That's like 20 people. One person holds the line for 20 people? This is bull... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. Love never says, I'm going to abandon you. That's not love. And as a child um, raised in the foster care system to parents who both abandoned me, um, there's no reason by man's standards I should even be here talking to you. But... Because God was so gracious unto me and merciful and allowed me to be reared in a home where a woman loved him and did the best she could to represent him, I was able to partake of that love. And I wanted to share that. I wanted to give it back. And that's why I'm here, really. 
So on this journey to our higher selves, um, understanding how we're loved, where it comes from, where it originated, how we're supposed to love, it begins with the Father's love. It begins right there. And it it is one and the same with the Mother's love, but it still has a di- it still has different characteristics to it. Of course, you know, Adam was created first. Um, God created him first. God made a covenant with him, and it's through him that um, we we are here. It's through him that um, the woman existed in him already, and she just, you know, God allowed her to be, to manifest into the physical realm so that Adam could share a piece of himself that's who a woman is. She's a she's a part of a man. And when they don't work together as a team or, or agree, then that's also a way of defaming God. It's also a way of um, being ungrateful to him and dishonoring his name. So that's why those, for those of us who have understanding, we should know that um, we should have a clear understanding of who God is and what is required of us. We should know who we are before we go ahead and start procreating. Because there are so many, and sadly, there are so many fatherless children in the world. And I mean, like, biologically, that is, because God is always there for everyone. But there are so many fatherless children. And that is because they don't even understand what a father is. You know, being able to procreate doesn't make you a father. It, you know, it, it's genetic, it's biological. You have the ability to do that. Um, some people um, don't become fathers ever biologically, just like some women are barren. But for many, most people are able to procreate. But yet, still, they um, once a child is born, they just forget that they have this responsibility. And this is very sad. That's why we have shows like Paternity Court, all these judge shows. There's always someone on there requiring a paternity test. I mean, where did we get here? Where did it come from? And it came about because the father's love is not known to man. It is, I would say not, let me take that back. I would say it's not understood. Clearly, it's not understood. It's not spiritually discerned. It's not represented well. Because if a man, a man or a woman who raises a son or a daughter, or a son rather, and if they're not taught God's ways and are given that example, then how can he give it back? So we have to go way, way back here, you know. And honestly, um, any, you know, you know, that's why we can't or we shouldn't rather point fingers or throw stones or judge people because let God judge. Let him be the judge. He is the judge. I mean, we we are supposed to um, correct someone really in the spirit. We're supposed to correct them in love, though. We're supposed to go to them and let them know they're doing wrong. But that's different from judging, though. Those are two different things. And a lot of times people take your rebuke as a judgment, but and it, but that also has to do with them being um, rebellious and, you know, just rejecting the, t- the correction. So we, ha- we also have to be careful how we rebuke someone and not be run, go in that line of being judgmental as well. So 
it's just important that we really understand what love is. Love is unconditional, meaning it, it, it doesn't rely on a certain condition. Oh, you, I, will, I will love you if you do this. Yes, there are conditions in love, but God's love is it's unconditional. He loves you still, even though we sin, he still loves us. Because the Bible tells us that um, in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were sinners, he died for us so that we'll be saved from our sins. So he didn't just leave us there in it. You know, he didn't just leave us hanging. He never does that. So anyone who does that to you, leaves you hanging, that's not love. And I think everyone, it's safe to say that even a small child can sense when someone doesn't love them. You know, and it doesn't even have to be a direct blood relative, even though we're all related. It doesn't have to be a direct close blood relative of yours that shows you love. It could be someone, it could be a stranger. Because so oftentimes, um, people who are unrelated directly are often the ones that do a better job of parenting us. So I would say that any any man who comes into your life, whether he's your biological father or not, as long as he um, exemplifies the love of God, the unselfish, unequivocal love of God, he provides for you, he takes care of your physical needs, but mainly your spiritual needs. If he does all those things, that's your father. That's your father who does the will of God, and that's what we need to remember. And I'm sure many of us have had someone who has been that for us. For those of us who didn't or wasn't raised with a father, I can remember I had a ninth grade math teacher who was um, a father. You know, he um, he didn't take care of me physically. Um, of course, I was living with him. But spiritually, he fed me all the time. And he, he gave me hope. And um, he told us things that a father would tell a child. And this was every day that we met at school. So he was a, a father type. Um... Yeah, so it's just, it's just a matter of recognizing these qualities in men and and really being grateful and showing them that we appreciate it. And, you know, and also, you know, the Bible talks about still revering your, your biological parents and being respectful. I know my mama, my mama always told me um, one of these days I may meet my parents and I shouldn't hate them. I should understand what... The choices they had to make, and at least you know I'm, I'm safe, I'm taken care of. So I always held on to that, and I never had that type of hatred toward my parents. I don't think I could ever hate anyone. Um, so when I did meet them, though it was very disappointing when I saw how they were, and they weren't, you know, it wasn't reciprocal. The love wasn't reciprocal. I just held on to the fact that. You know, I just couldn't hate them, and I was still loved. And then I actually was able to understand by and by that why they did what they did, and I'm glad they did in a sense because they couldn't raise me after what I saw. I, I wouldn't have been speaking to you right now, so I'm very grateful. 
So it's important to be grateful for our Father's love because God saw everything way before. And um, he, he just protected me. He protected me from that lifestyle and that growing up and what I may have endured. So I'm very thankful for my Father's love. And I hope wherever you are, you're thankful for your Father's love. You may not have everything that you ever needed and wanted in life, but you were given, you, you still received the things that, that you needed. You know, so we have to um, prioritize and really weigh, you know, separate our needs from our wants. So, again, we may not always receive what we want, but what once we receive what we need, we need to be very grateful for that. And don't run the risk of trying to buy your child's love and give them what you didn't have, you know, by learning these different um, lessons about love and you know, how a father should love a child, where a mother should love a child. Really hone in on the wisdom, hone in on the the um, the characteristics of a father who applies godly wisdom, who communicates very well, who loves his wife, who spends time with his family. Hone in on those things and not the material things because those things... Are, you know, they go away. So we want to leave our children with that mark. We want them, because we're known by our love. So we want to leave that with our children and not just give them material things because those things go away. So I just wanted to impart that um, as a part of, you know, what it means to be loved by your father. It's a never-ending love. It's a, it's powerful. You know, a father is a teacher, you know, he oversees our care, you know, and, um, yeah, he disciplines his children. These are all characteristics of a father. And he does so with dignity. He doesn't just, you know, a lot of us <laughs> were disciplined the old school way and, you know, different ways. And um, But fathers are to discipline with dignity. They're to be loving you know, it's a lot of times boys and, and men, they, they all talk about, you know, you have to teach your son to be rough and you have to be stern with them. And, you know, I mean, you can discipline your child without being rough. You can speak to them with authority and but still love and reverence and, you know, um, demand their respect without being brutal. There's a there's a balance there. So these are things that um and as, and as long as, long as the, um, a father is communicates well with the child, they will get the feedback that they need so that they can do better. And that's lacking. There's no communication. So that's why most fathers don't know what's going on in their homes. Their son or daughters are out there in the world learning everything in the world, and not from and the, the teaching isn't coming from them. That's that. So that's where we run into the trouble. That's where we get um, everything gets all um, convoluted, and there's no, there's no um, pattern. There's no real teaching. There's, there's no sound teaching from the home. So that child has to go out and learn, and um, that's why they look for friends in the wrong places because they want they want that sense of belonging. So if we don't offer them that, then they'll go out and get it. 
So these are things that we have to understand the dynamics of being a father. A father is supposed to oversee his home. Everything should be going smoothly. Because a lot of times men are men become ambitious and they want to try different things in their career or they may want to become a pastor. But I say this, and it's written in the Bible, you know, if a man cannot oversee his home, well, how can he pastor a church? How can he run a company? You know, it will collapse. It will fail. Because, I mean, how much can you pretend? You know, everything works together. If you're not doing well at home, you're not going to do well in the world. You're not going to do well outside. It's going to come back to you. So save yourself the embarrassment and just turn over a new leaf, you know, um, repent. Say, you know, say your I'm sorry to your children for not being there. Say I'm sorry to your wife for not being the husband I'm supposed to be. Be humble. And, you know, that's another great quality of a man, his humility. It is, it's not a sign of weakness at all. As a matter of fact, it's a sign of great strength and his temperament. You know, the Bible says that a man who can control his temper can take a city. You know, and <clears throat> these are things that really qualify him as being illegitimate son of God and father. And so we must really and expect these things. Um, women, expect these things from your husbands, from, your, from the fathers of your children. Hold them to that. You know, don't give them a slap on the wrist and say, oh, your father wasn't there for you, so I don't expect. Yes, expect them to be, to be just that. And being that they went through the absence of a father, they should want to be a better father, wouldn't you think? Yes, yeah, so um, basically, you know, um, I just hope that everything that was said here, um, not only was it, will it be received, but understood for what it is. You know, there's no if and or buts. There's no going around it. You know, once you know who you are, who you are, and what you're supposed to do, it's just that. And we have to raise the bar higher. Our society is dwindling away very quickly. More and more, there are more and more suicide cases, more and more acts of violence, crime, crimes of passion. So we are really in a terrible place in the world right now. A lot of people are fearful, panicking, don't know what to do, lost. So we have the obligation and the privilege to bring forth the truth. And everything I've said here can be backed up. Everything I've said here, I'm sure many of you see for yourselves, if you're honest. And um, I'm here. I'm just a servant. You know, I'm not a man, but I do have an understanding of what a father should be like. So the saying that says a woman can't tell a, teach a man how to be a father, that's just not true. That's not true because... A woman came from a man. We're the same. God is our father. And God charged Adam and Eve in the garden. He spoke to both of them. So they both received the same admonition. Um, I don't, I, you know, as a matter of fact, women do have testosterone in them. But when we're not built like a man, we, um, we're not wired the same way. 
And that's for a reason. But it doesn't mean that we don't understand what it's like. Any woman who is of God, she understands what it's like to be a man. She doesn't have to be one to understand what it's like. And vice versa. A man doesn't have to be a woman to understand what it's like. If they are of God, they understand each other. And that's how they fit. That's how they are one. Does that make sense? So let's stop the divisiveness right there. There's so much divisiveness when it comes to men and women. That's why we have all these different movements for women. But you know, a woman is is she's not she can't exist without a man. She can't. So we really have to ask ourselves questions. What are we doing? What what impressions are we feeding our children? What are we teaching them? This isn't, you know, we really have to do better. We really do. You know, we, um, we're searching for answers in the wrong places, and the answers are within us. The answers are there. You know, God's word is the answer. That's why Christ came to earth to be an example. He taught us. He used women in ministry. He spoke through them and men. So none isn't more important than the other. And we just need to just get that right out the way. So as we go along this love series, um, our next episode, we will talk about a mother's love. And you will hear that the role of a mother is similar to that of a father. That's why women, women who are single mothers, that's why um, it's often said that they are a mother and a father. Not It's not that they... Um, are men, but they can function in that role because they they become providers. They become providers. They become teachers. They become overseers. They become communicators. You know, and sometimes under duress, they're stressed out, and it's not relating the right way. That's because they're doing it by themselves physically. So it's a lot. They don't have that spiritual, that moral that physical support of of the man. So that's where we run into trouble. But we need each other. And we need to admit that. We just do. So I wanted um, us to really come together and just, you know, fellowship and just remember that we're not of ourselves. We are here because of our Father's love. And that concludes our first episode of... um, the love series next time we will discuss our next topic will be a mother's love so thank you so much for joining in today on journey to higher self i'm your host crystal melville and i want you to remember these words love overcomes any obstacle you can ever think about It is the answer to every problem. It is the beginning and the end of life. And without love, we are nothing. And as we rise higher and higher, we will see and experience what true love is. So I encourage you to love. Love those around you. Love those that you you come in contact with every day. 
Because if we can't love who we can see, how can we love who we can see? We can't love God if we don't love one another. Those are the two commandments that Christ gave to his people. To love God with all our hearts, all our minds. And the second one is the same. To love your neighbor as yourself. So go out there and spread love, give love, receive love, love yourself, love God. Thank you so much, and I will see you soon. Bye, friends. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love. How to show up with Coca-Cola Energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.